Welcome to the Metron Manager Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we work to recover the dignity and mission of vocation. Learn more at metronmanager.com. Okay, welcome to the Metron Manager Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Nowlin. We're here today with Reverend Dr. Rafiq Wagdi Barsoom. He's the founder of a ministry called Message to All Nations. And Dr. Rafiq, we'd like to welcome you back to the program. Very good to be with you. It's been a while since we've had you on the program. A lot's happened around the world and in your ministry and life. And, you know, many people in our audience they may not be familiar with you or your ministry. Can you briefly share about yourself and a little bit of the story of your ministry just to catch people up before we dive into our discussion? Yes. So I'm originally um, a Christian from Egypt who's been brought up in an evangelical house. I came to Christ in my teens. I um, finished medical school to become a medical missionary. And in med school, I met my wife. We both graduated in 2009, and because the Lord has been burdening the mission work on our hearts, we, we started together a medical mission organization that uh, was focused on equipping, training, and sending missionaries. But then the Lord has uh, led us through a path that uh, I started um, training uh, Christians. I, I got some education in Oxford in theology and uh, started teaching in the seminary. And uh, after that, the Lord took that and I had preaching engagements in maybe 20 or 25 countries. And from there, um, media media doors have opened to host um, Christian TV programs. So we started um, live TV, recorded TV and social media. And uh, in 2020, I moved with my family to Toronto to uh, anchor TV programs from our studio here, which is connected to a very large Christian network that covers the globe, 14 satellites and seven channels. And this is what uh, we do on a regular basis, in addition to uh, social media and follow-up. And lately, we started Digital Church, an online church to be the church for those who cannot go to church in very closed countries. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm always so excited to hear what you guys are doing and especially the impact you're able to make through media. That's such a unique situation that God's called you into. And I really uh, view you as like a First Chronicles 1232 person in ministry where it talks about the men of Issachar. It says these were men who understood the times and knew what to do. And I really mm-hmm. feel like you walk in this kind of role with the work you're doing. So you're doing a lot in the Middle East, you're influencing a lot in the Middle East, and you have a unique perspective on what I like to refer to and others do as Missio Dei, the mission of God. But that is essentially what God is doing and what we can partner with, so to speak. So can you update us on what has been happening? How are your your people, your ministry responding to the Missio Dei, the mission of God that you find yourself connecting with in what I would call like a metron for my terminology, but your sphere of influence? How is that looking these days? 
Uh, I think the Lord is at work in a remarkable way in the whole world, especially with those who are from other backgrounds, so to speak. And Jesus in John 10 says that he has sheep from other uh, flocks that he is going to bring. So it is the, the Lord's work primarily. And we are here to witness his amazing work in salvation among the nations, aren't we? Yeah, amen. So, um, by God's grace, we are responding to this call by participating in God's mission, like you said, Mission Day, um, in, in the ways that he's called us to do. And I think as we taught people about the mission of God, in many ways we were mistaken that uh, maybe some are called to send, some are called to receive, some are called to, to give, some are called to go. And I think this has uh, brought harm to the Church of God. Because, mm. as a matter of fact, we are all called to give, send, receive, and go. To different extents, though. But we're all called to preach the gospel. We're all called to give, to live the holy life. We're all called to love people and tell them about Jesus and live the life that God called us to live. So I think this is what inspires me most is that the mission of God is given to the church of God. Now, we have a laser focus, and this is what I'm grateful for. We do have a laser focus on missions, on evangelism, on discipleship, on growing people in Christ, and on having them uh, develop their relationship with Christ so that they become effective um, witness, effective Christians, mature Christians, to bring every man mature in Christ Jesus. That's a given. However, we do not think of ourselves as any different as those who have this clear calling. In fact, we all have this calling to become missionaries and and sent uh, to whatever God sends us. So this is how we see now our vision and mission uh, developing through the years is equipping the existing church, putting our hands with God's hand, going with God in his work and uh, touching his people with love, with the gospel, with the message of Christ, training them in the gospel, in the Bible, in the Christian living, and providing a place, a space, where those who come to Christ can be nurtured and grow. And, and that way, we use all the means possible. We use television, traditional media, we use social media, we use digital media, and all the three, you know, AM generations of media, but we also do work on the ground. We don't mind any means as long as it delivers the message. This is why we love the kind of the theme of our ministry, the message to all nations, to the least lost and lost, and the new uh, initiative, the Church of the Nations, that is what you know Christ said about his church, the house of God, the house of his Father for all nations, for all those who come to Christ from every tribe tongue. That whole concept of Missio Dei and how we are all designed to be sent ones and that, that mission even 
the word originated around the idea of the sending of the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. that we're just we are no matter what context we're in we're carriers of the holy spirit whether mm-hmm. it's in a, in a work traditional workplace model uh somebody in a professional paid christian ministry model whatever it is that we're carrying the holy spirit and i love that you all use so many different means and methods to do that and that it's not narrow it's not really strict but it's more about the content and the motivation behind it that seems to be mm-hmm. so effective you know one this uh project you have with the digital church as you guys refer to it it's such an, an innovative and forward-thinking project how has that uh, come about and what is it accomplishing at this point i know it's been a bit of a work in progress but how is it working out no um you know i'll also share what i can share but um we're very grateful. It started like two years ago by planning, researching, and through a need really of, we have so many people responding to the call to come to Christ, but then what's next? They are spiritual orphans. They are there and nobody, you know, they, they cannot grow because they are in, in a context where they cannot share their faith with anyone. They cannot uh, join other Christians. They cannot have fellowship and so forth. So this is the need that brought up the idea of the Church of the Nations. However, uh, it took so much time to plan, to research, to uh, establish this technology, to grow the team, to put the infrastructure, and so forth. So we launched last year, May of last year. And until now, I would say that, by God's grace, we have over 530 or 550 requests for discipleship and membership and growth, some are from very, very, very closed countries. Wow. Uh, and and this is remarkable. Now we are, by God's grace, also working with teams on the ground, whether we hire them or we are partnering with them, to be able to follow up and pastor, pastor those coming to Christ. Um, so we have testimonies every week and day, thousands of messages last, um, like combined, we had received in the last two years around um, 200,000 messages from 42,000 people, of them 12,000 are repeated. So there is so much hunger and need and um, people are responding. So if we have 550 applications for follow-up and we're just starting, and that means that, and and we're speaking about spiritual desert, Jonathan. Yeah. We're not speaking about like places where they know about Christ. They are starting from scratch. So that means that God's word is going forward and his um, mission is um, accomplished. Now our next stage, and I want you to pray for that, is... Uh, we are uh, working with teams on the ground to have like Church of the Nations specific country campuses. Mm-hmm. So, so we're working in close countries. That would be a country campus, of course, virtually, so yeah. that we can cater to the needs of a specific country or people group. Oh, that's fantastic. And you know, I often hear. Uh, discussions or concerns raised, at least in Western church Christian circles, regarding uh, the use of technology and platforms and media and a and a sense that it might be 
um, really detracting from authenticity or from what God can do incarnationally in community and relationship. How have you guys experienced that? Because it'd be interesting for folks to hear that perspective where this really is the only way. And how how do you get around that? How do you navigate all of that? So um, the, 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 the challenge is always this, Jonathan. Is it the wine or the wineskin? Mm. Is it the theology or the methodology? Mm. I think our theology is the same. Methodology has to be different. We are bringing new wine. We're bringing the message of the gospel, which is totally new to those people living in darkness and dying. Are we going to wait until they die to do it with our own way? Or are we going to jump to work with God in the ways that he's opening. Yeah. I think it it was Billy Graham who said, uh, we keep knocking on closed doors while the Lord is opening an amazing open door. If if I'm stuck with my methodology, my methodology will die, will change, but theology never dies and changes. We're bringing the word of life, the living water, and this has to be brought, whether by, you know, whichever means. But this has to be brought. Traditional ways are great. In many ways, they are easier. In many of the new initiatives, it's harder. We're going the narrower path. We're even taking more risk and more danger, but it's bearing fruit. So Amen. it's up to you. If yeah. you're about the message of the gospel and not your own methodology, then you have the choice. If you're stuck with your methodology that you want to sell to people and to defend and die on, it's also your choice. <laughs> yeah. That's good insight. You know, what is, in your opinion, what's the most hopeful trend you see in the Middle East, like spiritually, What's the, or even in the practical, oh, natural sense? What's the hopeful uh, trajectory? I, I, I see this everywhere. It's that the, the word of God never, never, never comes back void. So here's the thing. We are in the last days, aren't we? <clears throat> Absolutely, right? You know, we can all see that. We are living the atrocities of the end days, the end time. So, okay, depends on your eschatology. That doesn't really matter, but we're, I mean, we all agree that we're living the end times. If you're pre-mill, amill, post-mill, <laughs> you know, we're all living the end times. And in the end times, there will be people coming, deluding the gospel, presenting a false gospel, a watered-down gospel, a gospel with no holiness of God, with no anger, with no wrath, with no truth, without the cross without without Christ, right? It's the Christless gospel that yeah. is being presented. However, and and this 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 you know and 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 you can name it prosperity gospel, uh, uh, self help gospel, you know every every kind of other gospel in in Paul's words. However, what we've seen is that the word of God never comes back void. To all succeeds, it's not popular. It's not sought after but it succeeds. Mm. It is not catchy. It is a stumbling block because that's what the gospel is, right? The word of the cross is a stumbling block. This is what's clearly the message of the gospel. It is a stumbling block to humans' wickedness, to his evil, to humans' pride, to humans' uh, keep in in inability. But the message of the gospel always, always, always succeeds. So God knows who he has, and uh, what I can see, that even in the end times, even with the wickedness of people, 
even with the deluded gospel, the word of God is there. The word of God is not chained and the Lord knows who he has and they come to Christ. Yeah. So that's, that's the most hopeful thing that we're not, we're not fighting in vain. And you see that's, this kind of playing out in the Middle East, just this continued advance of the kingdom. Everywhere. Yeah. Especially in the Middle East. Oh, that's amazing. But uh, thankfully, media is taking us to the globe. Mm -hmm. So um, live television is global. Um, the social media is global. The Church of the Nations is the Church of the Nations. So everything that God does is at his scale, which is growing <laughs> in that way. Amen to that. You know, we have a lot of uh, a lot of people that are interested, I guess, missionally or in some form, genuinely care, you know, in the West and Christianity in the West, Western church about the condition of the Middle East, about obviously reaching the lost, reaching unreached uh, peoples, places, different things like this. And I, I find that there's a lot of frustration or, or struggle or negativity even um, around uh, this whole this whole thought process, this whole concept from Western Christians. I think it's because they just don't understand the lay of the land. They don't understand what they could even do to make a difference. And if if you're, you know, talking to a an American Christian business professional who has a heart for the Middle East or has a heart for these areas of the world, wants to see the kingdom advance, but just has no idea how that reality relates to their lived reality, what would you share to them? What would, what advice would you give them? It always starts with the work of God with the locals. So um, see what God is doing in the church. Pray about how to serve, wash their feet, and work in submission to the local body of Christ in that place, and the Lord will render your work fruitful. Uh, go there to wash their feet, to serve, and to submit, and not to um, propose your own agenda or uh, methodology. And, yeah. and that would always, always, always bear fruit. Yeah, that's excellent. So there's always a role, there's always a way if it comes through a servant heart and a servant oh. lens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and because, because this is what the kingdom is all about, right? Yeah. Our king, our king is, uh, is a servant king. So our, his followers, if, if they are his followers, they always be fruitful. And that's the way to follow well, thank you so much for being on the program today, uh, Dr. Rafi. This is really good and really encouraging. I'm, I'm just glad we get a chance to open the horizons a little bit for people who maybe feel really locked into their the world that they're living in right now. They don't get to hear the bigger picture or understand even a taste of what the mission of God is in a place like the Middle East or something like that's happening through sure. the the online church models. So this is really encouraging, really exciting stuff and uh, really appreciate your work and your ministry. Thank you, Jonathan. It's always good to be with you. Thank you for listening to the Metron Manager Podcast presented by Jonathan Nowlin and the Metron Manager Project. Remember, God has given you permission and a commission to work. Learn more at metronmanager.com.